Welcome back to New World Next Week. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. Now your cash is no good anymore. We've got that story plus surrender monkeys get cage passports. But first, pretty fantastic work from 21st Century Wire. NATO says attack in space could trigger Article 5 Mutual Defense Clause. NATO leaders just a couple days ago, last Monday, July 12th, expanded the use of their all-for-one, one-for-all, kind of QAnon-like Mutual Defense Clause to include a collective response to attacks in space. Article 5 of NATO's founding treaty states that an attack on any one of the 30 allies will be considered an attack on them all. Until now, it's only applied to more traditional military attacks, land, sea, air, but of course, more recently, cyberspace. In a summit statement, the leader said that they consider that attacks to, from, or within space could be a challenge to NATO that threatens national and Euro-Atlantic prosperity, security, and stability, and could be as harmful to modern societies as a conventional attack. Such attacks could lead to the invocation of Article 5, a decision as to when such attacks would lead to the invocation of Article 5 would be taken on by the North Atlantic Council on, of course, a case-by-case basis. Last month, U.S. President Joe Biden, more recently seen in the White House, literally kneeling and bowing to Israel's president, Biden made the disturbing public statement that NATO's Article 5 Mutual Defense Pact is a sacred obligation among members. I just want all of Europe to know that the United States is there said an increasingly aloof and struggling Biden. This same level of blind entanglement echoes the same dangerous collective pack mentality invoked by the Allies prior to one of the greatest disasters in planetary history, something, of course, the Corbett Report has done a lot of work on World War I. And 21st Century basically wraps it up by asking, will the new space race accelerate the possibility of a multinational planetary conflict? James, this is where, of course, All the hacky folks would cue the Reagan and Clinton clips of, wouldn't it be nice if aliens came down? Right, James? Yeah, space war can be interpreted in a lot of different ways these days, but uh, none of this should be surprising. As you say, I've covered various aspects of this over the years, so I think Corbett Report listeners will understand where this is uh, going and where it's come from. Specifically, if you do not know about the importance of Article 5 and what the invocation of Article 5 in the Mutual Defense Clause of the NATO Treaty means, I suggest you go back to my uh, work on the secret lie that started the Afghan war, talking about how how did NATO authorize the Afghanistan intervention again? Oh, that's right. They invoked Article 5 because of 9-11. And what proof did the U.S. provide that Osama bin Laden organized this attack and it was an attack on the NATO states because of the clause? What was what was all that about? If you don't know that story, please watch or rewatch that episode. It is an incredibly important story that people understand. But the long story short is, yes, if any NATO member is attacked, they can use the, the uh, multiple the mutual defense clause to basically draw NATO into any conflict that they are involved in. And this is especially important as we turn towards the weaponization of space. Another thing that I've covered before, for example, in December 2019, I had a subscriber editorial on Beyond the Drama, What Really Happened at the NATO Summit, where I noted that the North Atlantic, the increasingly misnamed North Atlantic Treaty Organization, now includes 
outer space, yes. As NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg informed the world last month, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization now recognizes outer space as one of the alliance's operational domains. Quote, this can allow NATO planners to make requests for allies to provide capabilities and services, such as hours of satellite communication, Stoltenberg said at a press conference following a meeting of foreign ministers in Brussels in November. And that was followed up uh, by another subscriber editorial I had last June, NATO 2030, Global Domination or Bust, in which I noted that, yes, it is not just the UN with their 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. It is not just China with China 2030. It's not just Saudi Arabia with Saudi Vision 2030. It's not just the Welcome Leap, as we talked about recently with Whitney Webb, with their with their plans for 2030. It's also NATO. NATO has a 2030 Agenda. Did you know about it? Yes. Well, you should, and you would if you were a corporate report subscriber, where I noted that the very non-fictional military alliance, NATO, has just put forward its vision for NATO 2030, a vision that threatens to realize NATO's quest for total global domination. And I said, suffice it to say, Stoltenberg uses uh, used the opportunity that he was speaking at to identify his alliance's new arch enemy, the dastardly fiends who will provide the justification for NATO's grand project of global domination in the coming decade. And you'll never guess who that boogeyman is. Oh, wait, you totally will. It's China. And uh, surprise, surprise, that's exactly where this space war story is heading. It is playing out in the news feeds right now. Four days ago, via our good friends at MSN, well, actually, Bloomberg via MSN, uh, Pentagon sees China's offensive space technology on the march. Talking about how the Pentagon is now warning, uh-oh, China boogeyman, they're weaponizing space. We're going to have to counter that. So, no surprise whatsoever. This is the narrative for the 21st century. This is the way it's trending. I've said it before. I'll say it again. World War III will look nothing like any war we've seen before. It will, however, result in lots of deaths. Uh, that will be the common denominator there. And they're going to use this narrative that they're trying to pump on the public right now. Unless... What if they held a war and no one came? What if we didn't fall for the propaganda this particular time? Can you imagine? Obviously, I will have a lot more to say on these topics generally, but I will throw the links into all of those things into the show notes so that you can go and read up and get better acquainted with this agenda that is playing out in the news feeds this week. James, that is a classic punk rock tune right there. Suppose they gave a war and no one comes. Maybe I'm starting to wonder if maybe Agenda 21 referred to the year 2021 as they've now shifted everything to 2030. And of course, the super far away 2050, everything pinned on 2030. And again, as so much of it is, you know, they cast the spell by using the words and they say it over and over again. And people, of course, take it all on. Uh, I mean, it's odd that, you know, the CDC, the Center for Disease control. They run the American real estate economy, so I guess why not North Atlantic run the space? Good grief. James, we've talked about the space treaty. I forget the exact title uh, that we've talked about here on New World Next Week, because again, we've read their playbooks. We've run the math. We've seen what they've planned and what they were going to roll out. So again, we're not some amazing crystal ball prognosticators. We just read the stuff they write. So we'll maybe have to dig in to see and where just we last mentioned the space treaty on New World Next Week. Because, again, I think as we've been doing here these nearly 12 years of New World Next Week, we have given the news before it becomes the news. And you probably missed us while we were away and have returned for New World Next Week, episode 451, our second segment this week. 
gets pretty enraging. Uh, this week in Hellscape, France mandates vaccine passports for non-essential services, you crazy conspiracy theorists. This coming from the folks at reclaimthenet.org. And again, everything we say and mention will always be down in the show notes. Again, just this past Monday, July 12th, this is a big day for New World Order action. French President Emmanuel Macron amped up the pressure on French citizens who are yet to get a COVID-19 vaccine by making vaccine passports mandatory to access non-essential services such as bars and restaurants, shopping centers, but it also includes trains and domestic flights. So again, tell the folks who are working their butts off three jobs at a time that trains aren't essential services. Latest data suggests that this pressure tactic is of course working with France's medical appointment booking website, Doctolib, reporting that since Monday, 1.7 million French citizens have booked their COVID-19 vaccine. See, terroristic threats work. Don't listen to the government. Or, or wait, listen to the government. French journalist Raphael Grabley shared a graph, which we can share with you as well, showing vaccine bookings between April 19th and Monday's July 12th vaccine passport mandate by Macron. That chart spikes, much like, you know, your blood sugar after some COVAX bribery donut. The graph highlights that appointments on the day that Macron announced the new vaccine passport rules were more than double any other day since April 19th. According to Dr. Lib, Monday's bookings were an absolute record. Have we mentioned to you? It's an absolute record. As he announced these new vaccine passport rules, Macron also associated the vaccine with freedom, much like those Heineken beer ads. By saying for non-healthcare workers, getting vaccinated was a matter of individual responsibility, but also a matter of our freedom. The release of these numbers comes as governments around the world are pushing ahead with vaccine passports. You know, the things they said they would never do, despite, of course, rights groups and professors warning that they pose a serious threat to civil liberties. California, the Empire State of New York, the European Union, the UK, Korea, and Chile are some of the many regions that have already rolled out the vaccine passports. James, can you imagine living in America, living in California and New York, and being openly compared to Korea? In New York, the vaccine passport has been plagued, of course, with privacy failures, but don't worry, they'll always keep your information safe and secure. And in Chile, an elderly woman was denied food for not having a digital COVID pass. In other related greatest psychological operation in our lifetimes news, White House goes off on vaccine fear mongers. That would be the fake left, endless war waging, border wall building, medical martial law, eugenics obsessed monstrosity known as the latest American presidential administration, this time known as the Biden administration. That fake left is casting fake right as opponents of its COVID-19 vaccine campaign. They are dangerous and extreme. The Biden administration adopting a more aggressive political posture in an attempt to maneuver through the public health conundrum. Allied groups, and again, James, I mentioned this on the morning show, you gotta love always the use of military language. Oh, it's our allies not those Axis groups. Allied groups are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that's sent over social media and text messages. We are steadfastly committed to keeping politics out of the efforts to get every American vaccinated so that we can help save lives 
and help our economy that you wrecked further recover, so says Whitey House spokesperson Kevin Munoz. He went on to say, when we see deliberate efforts to spread misinformation, we view that as an impediment to the country's public health and will not shy away from calling that out. James, seems vaguely important. I'll read this part again. Allied groups are planning to work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation that is sent over text messages. James, I thought they weren't reading our text messages. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, funny stuff. No, exactly right. And and again, go reread that in its context. Social media and text messages. They now are sort of just combining that. It's all the same, right? They are literally inserting the next level of censorship into the conversation in a way that most people will probably read right over it because we've all heard so much about social media censorship at this point. That's old news. That was 2020, come on. Uh, But now it's social media and text messages. Text messages? Are they reading my personal private text messages? Who is doing this? What kind of algorithmic bot do they have set up to scan everyone's text messages for false information and then what? Correct them? Stop you from sending them? Uh-oh, it looks like you're sending a link to the evil corporate report, evil media monarchy. Oh, we better f- come in and fact check that. This is insanity, but it is perfectly predictable insanity. It is the next level of the censorship and just keeps ratcheting up. Social media and text messages. Social media and text messages and phone calls. Social media and text messages and phone calls and personal private communications on the street that we monitored with our streetlight microphones that we've secretly embedded in uh, all over the country when you weren't looking, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's coming. They are ratcheting it up every time. And What do you bet in the event of the next major cyber pandemic event, the scare, you know, where they have to, oh, now we have to reconfigure the whole internet. What do you bet they're going to say? They're going to slip in some language about how they're going to uh, work at the device level to censor communications in every sense, not just social media. This is not just about social media. It is about all your communications. On the French, French vaccine issue, isn't it interesting? Yes, trying to equate this to freedom, Um, I don't know whether this is Orwellian or or almost in a way tautological, but yes, you have the freedom to do exactly what we want you to do. And the only way you lose your freedom is if you don't do what we want you to do. This is the exact definition of prison. If you are a prisoner, you are free to stay in your cell for however many hours a day. You are free to leave your cell for your one hour of exercise and fresh air a day. You're You're free to have your three assigned meals a day, and you're free to do whatever we tell you whenever we tell you. But if you don't want to do that, well, there's going to be consequences. We're not going to let you. That's exactly what this is. They are turning France into a prison. And as I heard you remark on Morning Monarchy this week, do you remember, you know, the French always demonstrating and protests and all of this? Where, where's that French spirit now? It's true. I have been to France several times in my life. Every single time I have ever been to France, there has been mass strikes, mass demonstrations, uh, teachers, uh, uh, sanitation workers, train conductors. There's always someone on strike because they didn't get their 15th week of paid vacation a year or whatever it is. Okay, great. Good on you. Okay, fight the man. But don't fight the man when it's important. You know, where are the yellow vests when you need them? I bet you they're all vaxxed up now. What on earth is happening? Wake up, France, and everywhere else. The worst part about this is, of course, the propaganda PR victory. Look, we made the terroristic threat. The the terrorist-in-chief, Macron, made the threat 
to the population. And guess what? Everyone's complying now. Woo, record numbers. Every single person in the world is going to be subjected to this propaganda in the coming weeks and months to prep, prep every single place that, that can possibly roll this out is going to start doing so on the basis of this example. Look, it was the unvaccinated. These variant fax, factory anti-vaxxers are the problem. How are we going to solve this problem? Look what France did. This is the front line of the battle right now. And uh, what can I say to my French brothers and sisters other than this is it? If there was ever a time to stand up and not comply, this is it. I wonder on the morning shows, man, what is what are you guys doing, Australia? Man, what are you guys doing, Canada? What are you guys doing, France? But then what did I see when we were on our big road trip driving around the country? I saw a shocking amount of maskers in Texas, in Oklahoma, in Arkansas, the places that basically said, no way, we're not going to do this. When you get hit with the second, third, fifth wave of, of course, fear-mongering threats and propaganda, people are going to fall for it. I didn't take any pictures, but again, my wife and I both looked around. We're just like, I can't believe there are this many people wearing masks in Texas. The, you know, the land of the free, the state that, of course, has broken away from America before. I thought maybe they'd do it again. Uh, James, this also ties in with what's going on allegedly right now. Of course, the World Economic Forum's cyber polygon worldwide cyber terror drill. My awesome, amazing, hilarious, intelligent, funny media monarchy chat. Somebody in there said the other day that cyber polygon should be called Event 404. But don't bump. <sighs> perfectly predictable insanity. James, you probably saw me basically typing it out once you said that. For our final segment on this New World Next Week, episode 451, see if the folks out there, see if you can tell any difference between news and public relations. Is your cash becoming outdated for digital currency? At the ballpark, yes! This from WCNC.com this year. Many ballparks and professional sports venues are moving away from cash, opting for contactless transactions to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. For younger people, this is nothing new. They already use apps like PayPal's Venmo and Apple Pay to buy products regularly. Older people tend to like credit cards. And for some, old-fashioned paper money is their preferred choice. But for how much longer? If COVID-19 taught us anything, it reminded us that money paper money, that cold hard cash is germy and dirty because that's how adults talk in idiocracy. But with the help of technology, society is moving away from it. Now your cash is no good anymore at most large stadiums, said Ted Rossman with Bankrate.com, who I would imagine seems like they would paid very handsomely for this PR release masquerading as a news article. Rossman says, don't cry foul. Instead, hit a home run with going cashless for many reasons, especially considering how many places want money other than cash if possible. James, it's just, it stopped me as I was prepping this show. I, yeah, am I, a, am I a grammar Nazi? Probably in some ways. The very language seems debased. 
This sounds like kids news. That sentence barely makes any sense. Rossman says don't cry foul. Instead, hit a home run with going cashless for many reasons, especially considering how many places want money other than cash if possible. See, that's the thing, man. You'd almost you'd almost let it go by. But if you stop and take a second, you're like, huh, that sentence is is a big mess. Technology is ever so neat. Please, Mr. Smart Money Man, tell me more. Reverse ATMs will be showing up where you put cash or a debit card in and get back a prepaid card to use. It's it's money made just for the park. It works like regular money, but it's fun. Mobile payments are the most secure of all because there is a biometric built in, Rossman said. You scan your thumb or face ID de- depending on the type of phone you have. And that's where the quote ends and the and the journalist begins writing again. It's cleaner, speedier, and more convenient. So look to see what your ballpark or venue is asking for. Chances are it won't be cash. COVID-19 and the pandemic made society more comfortable with the blending of the physical and digital worlds. If you want to use cash, you'll still be able to for a while. But these other options are taking over and will be the future. Man, they sure have to work hard to convince us that things are hopeless. But man, it's going to take a little more than poorly written articles trying to bribe me into crap I didn't do before the scamdemic, James. Good grief. Rossman says don't cry foul. Instead, hit a home run with going cashless for many reasons. Faulkner wept. Yes, that is atrocious and i sincerely hope that the author of this article is a high school student making their first ever article for a news publication if not that is disgusting Uh, you should be ashamed of yourself and apparently this is bill mcginty and his email address is right there at the bottom of the article so if you want to send him some feedback about his wonderful writing and his total shilling for the coming cashless society the uh, we're not doxing him his email address is right there anyway um crazy crazy stuff you were exactly right to point out that this is not a news article this is pr And this is like the lowest level of the rung of the ladder of intellect. This is like the threshold IQ test that you can give to someone. Show them this article and say, is this a news story or is this PR shilling for some sort of particular agenda item? And if they don't see that this has nothing to do with news, this is to try to direct your opinion and to try to direct your behavior and mold it in a certain way. That's all this is. And I would just say the general rule of thumb, of course, there can be reverse psychology and, you know, more nuanced tricks. But for this lowest level of the propaganda gutter swill pyramid, at this level, it's a general rule of thumb. When they are pushing you in a certain direction, probably best to go in the opposite direction. So what's the opposite of cashless? Cashful, of course. And on that note, I will note that the new campaign from the Solari Report, Cash Friday, hashtag Cash Friday, where they are encouraging everyone, just use cash every Friday. Just use cash one day a week. Can you do it? What what businesses will you be supporting and what won't you be able to support? You won't be able to go to the ball game in the future, according to Bill McGinty. 14-year-old uh, writer for whatever, whatever publication, WCNBC or whatever. Just nonsense. So, yes, use Cash, Cash Friday. That's a pretty good idea for a future solutions watch. If I do say so myself, asterisk, mental note. But on that note, yes, uh, this is not news. This is PR. And let's go in the opposite direction of what they are trying to push us in. 
again, like giant corporate venues haven't been using Apple Pay, tap, just tap the thing. Like they haven't been using that stuff for years. It's at every crappy gas station you might go to, but they're trying to push it like, golly gee, wow, we just invented these great new technological advances that they've had for years. It is, again, there's a lot of, lot of IQ tests going on this last, not just year and a half, maybe the last six years, but of course the last, who knows how long for hundreds if not thousands of years. And there it is, your triumphant return of Neural Next Week, episode 451. I was off the air for this whole time we were off the air of Neural Next Week. Again, drove around, went on an epic road trip, went to Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia, West Virginia. Worked on pretty awesome, very excited about it. I keep calling it the Secret Media Monarchy Project. It is in the can. We recorded it at my buddy's recording studio in southern west virginia it is going to be a good one it is going to be out in just under a month it will be hopefully i don't hype it up too much one of the biggest one of the biggest productions ever from the media monarchy kingdom i am very excited about it it's going to tie in with a pretty big anniversary coming up next month that relates to again james stuff you and i have talked about in the kingdom for all these last 10 12 15 16 years I am back for the attack. We have been on the air back this week in the Media Monarchy Kingdom. News, music, memes, and more streaming live Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. I like to call it the best dang radio station you never heard. James? Awesome. I'm very much looking forward to the new big project. And in the meantime, uh, I, I hope people will understand and realize that once again, we're in the YouTube GooTube doghouse. And so this video will not be posted to GooTube because I'm locked out for another week or two weeks or whatever they decide <laughs> um, because I'm on my second strike on my backup channel. One more strike and I'm off YouTube for good, completely, 100% YouTube free. Yay, so close. Come on, can we reach the brass <laughs> ring? What will be the video? What will be the video? Anyway, um, on that note, thank you to everyone who supports this work. And right now, the best way to support it is to get this information out to others who might not know that there are other platforms than GooTube out there. So it's going to be more important than ever to spread this information via alternate links. Perhaps, may I suggest, the best link would be either to go listen to the uh, exclusive audio preview of New World Next Week every Friday. Thursday, Thursday morning <laughs> on the Media Monarchy, Morning Monarchy stream, the Media Monarchy stream, right after Morning Monarchy. And CorbettReport.com is the best place to send the link. It'll have the link to all of the various places it's posted, Odyssey, BitChute, Minds, and oh, by the way, you can stream directly from my servers, which will be the, the final line as they start to clamp down on all these other social media platforms. The final line, you can still stream it directly from my server. We're going to have to get off GooTube. So uh, I guess I'm preaching to the choir here because no one on GooTube is listening to us, but you get the point. Anyway, if you don't get the point by now, it was nice knowing you. Um, on that note, I hope you'll be back next week for another exciting edition of New World Next Week. Uh, we will certainly be here. Uh, James, good to have you back. Thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate you. Take care. You too.